the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Anytime we find ourselves in controversy, we're always looking for wise counsel out of it. It should always bring us back, however, to the ultimate counsel giver, Jesus himself. We're looking at Jesus in Exodus. Join us. Way of Grace is next. Judge Righteous Judgment. That's the title of our message today. We're in Exodus 18, verses 13 through 27. You know, controversies will always surround us, and how we handle those controversies speaks a lot about who we are. Are we seeking out godly counsel? And really, at the end of the day, what we'll see here on today's broadcast is Christ is our righteous lawgiver, and He is the one we go to for counseling against the controversies. And it is Jesus himself who took care of all of these issues on the cross. Let's catch up with Pastor Jessica Stand for today's broadcast of Way of Grace from Grace Bible Church in Hayward. You can never say that love is some kind of passive disposition that approves of you at every level of your actions. It can never, ever be understood that way. This is the same God that brought them out, slew Pharaoh, took Amalek out, gave them bread, gave them water, and put up with all of their complaining. This is the same God. Now watch this. Notice what it said. And the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed them that were in the uttermost parts of the camp. Did y'all see that? Our God is a consuming fire. Verse 2. Verse 2. And the people cried, Moses, Moses. And when Moses prays, see, Moses is doing the right job. He's praying. Does he, when God is acting, the only thing you can do is pray. You can't take God's hand and hold him back. All you can do is pray. When God is disciplining a nation like the one I'm in, all you can do is pray. Now, I, I hear people saying, we ought to pray for our government. I do. I pray that God remove them. I do. I love righteousness. I pray that he remove the fools because once we get to our third point, God has a set of requirements for governance. You and I are not supposed to be happy with wicked doers in positions of authority that can take our money and do whatever they want with it. <laughs> Moses prayed unto the Lord and the fire was what? Well, we need a high priest like that, right? Here Moses is a type of Jesus and every parent can be that way too. When God's getting at your children, pray for them. See it? You got to believe you have that way with God, especially when God's getting at your kids. He has a right to. He gives life. He can take life. He can take life. And he might tell you to be quiet like he told Aaron to be quiet when he destroyed Nadab and Abihu. Are y'all hearing me? 
All right. But if we cry to the Lord, he might just be good enough to arrest our children and stop the fire. All right. So you need to remove that redundant, irrelevant, tautological uh, adverb, unconditional. Because love is always conditional. It's always conditional. It's long lasting, but it's always conditional. You and I can't be saved except upon the condition of believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Here's the condition that whosoever believes on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The most conditional verse in the Bible. Am I making some sense? What we got going on here in our, in our second point is an understanding of uh, what, what is needed to make sure that we avert this problem, a distribution of labor. Chapter 18, verse 21 and 22. Hurry up, Jess. Chapter 18, verse 21. Notice what he says, and I want you to capture this as we get ready to close. Moreover, you shall provide out of all the people able men. You see that? Such as what? That's one. And men of what? Men of what? See, now everybody in the House and Senate is gone. You can look at C-SPAN and you'll see all the seats empty. Do you know why? Almost to a man, the whole operational system of our governments, governance is rooted in covetousness. Our politicians are sold out. You can never do good for anyone when money is your God. Did I make some sense? You can never do any good for anyone when money is your God. If money is your God, you'll sell your kids out. If money is your God, you will sell your parents out. Just let it settle in. I don't have time to teach that. You know I'm telling you the truth. You will actually destroy everything around you when your God is money. Notice what he says. And place such over them as to be rulers of thousands and rulers of hundreds and rulers of fifties and rulers of tens. Do you guys see that? Right. I want to do two things here. I want to talk about quality of persons and quality of relationship. Can I do that? Quality of persons, quality of persons. It's in your outline. Don't have time to unpack it. But if any of our rulers were uh, necessarily called to be able men and women, because that is really the case in our present generation, men and women are in positions of authority. Is that right? Do you see the word able there? That's a very obscure term. The word able means competent. The word able actually means vital. It means to be vitally competent and lively and assertive in your gifting to do what you do. I want you to capture that word. To be vitally assertive and lively in what you do. Vitally assertive and lively what you do. It means to be competent. It's a word that is used in the context of war to be valiant. That means you are eager because you're skilled and you are capable and you are able to actually get the job done. You find people who are competent, who are valiant, who are able, who are willing, who are gifted, who are assertive. Because these are the people whose engines are revving up to get the job done. Because they know they got a formidable task to do. You can't get lazy. You can't get indigent. You can't get ambivalent. You can't get soft. You can't get weak. 
You've got to get valiant men and women who are competent, who are assertive, who are strong, who know what they're doing and they have a plan and they're ready to put it to work. That's the kind of people you need in our government. Did you see that? That's at the hierarchy. I love this because notice what it says, such as what? Fear God. Yeah, but fearing God is not first. That's so funny. You got a whole lot of Christians that fear God. The last thing we want them to do is be in politics. Because fearing God doesn't help you deal with all of the minutia of the complexity that politics requires. You still need to be skilled. Did that make some sense? You still need to be skilled. And see right now, oh, stop, Jess, because I can tell you right now on purpose, the Biden administration is taking all kind of fools and putting them in positions of authority that they don't even remotely qualify for. I'm like, what in the heck is he doing? I'm trying to be nice on Mother's Day. What in the heck is he doing? You don't do that. You do not do that. You don't put people in positions of judicial authority who don't even know the Constitution, don't even know the bylaws, don't even know the policy, can't answer one out of five questions. What in the heck are you doing? All right, so... You're going to remember what I'm saying shortly. They are intentionally destroying your country. They are intentionally destroying your country. You're going to hear, you're going to remember what I'm saying. I am not blowing smoke. I am not blowing smoke. When the wicked rule, the people will mourn. This is a Marxist tactic to destroy our government. I don't care what you say. They've done it before. I can name all the names. They always put weak and impotent, even crazy people. They put that nut in there in Pennsylvania. I think it's Pennsylvania. He ran against Dr. Oz. Everybody knew that boy was sick. Everybody knew that boy was sick. The heck are you doing? I want to use the two L's so bad. Right? Right? What are you doing? There's way too much power in those positions. You mess, we're giving you tax money. And you can't even hold your own hand. See, I'm getting excited and, 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 you know, they put this fella named Biden in there and we know he got issues. We got to wake up. I'm sorry, you got to wake up. This is not good. This is not good. Able men such as fear God, men of what? See what I mean? You see what I'm saying? We're not dealing with truth today, are we? Not even closely. Hating covetousness. These are qualities that are really, our last point will clearly lay out our messianic. These are messianic qualities. So men and women that are in positions of authority are called to be messianic. 1 Samuel chapter 23, verse 23. Watch, it, watch this. I want you to see it. I've taught this for years. I, I got I to quit. Listen to this. This is uh, 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel, because I believe this is where David is. It should be 2 Samuel 23, maybe. Yes. Now watch this. I want you to hear this, because David is going to talk about leadership, and I want you to capture this. I just know I have to say this. Now, these be the last words of David. Was David a king? Yes. Was he a prophet? Yes. Was he a priest? Was he a father? Yes. Absolutely. Now, these be the last words of David. David, the son of Jesse, said, the man who was raised up on high, he's speaking of himself, the anointed 
of the God of Jacob. He's speaking of himself and the sweet psalmist of Israel. This triad is beautiful. God raised him up. God anointed him and he loved music. That's a whole nother component to a healthy, balanced society. Okay, can't go there. Notice what it says in verse two. The spirit of the Lord spake by me and his word was in my tongue. So David is saying, what I'm about to say to you is really coming from God. Here it is, verse three. The God of Israel said, the rock of Israel spake to me and this is what he said. He that ruleth over men must be just. Sadiq in the Hebrew, it means righteous. He must be righteous. Did you get that? Now, technically, to be righteous is to know God in the person of Christ. Christ is our righteousness and we are the righteousness of God in him. Is that right? What that would mean then, if we had to follow this prescription, everyone in our government would have to be saved. They would have to be safe. They would have to have a real relationship with God and know who Jesus is as the mediator. If we were taking this prescription, leadership has to be a model and representation of Jesus. That makes sense, doesn't it? And here would be the fruits of it. He would be just and he would rule in the what? Fear of God. Verse 24. I mean, verse 4. Sorry, 23, 4. And he shall be as the light of the morning. You see the benefits? He shall be as the light of the morning. Did you see the benefits? Here's the, here's the, here's the um, uh, parenthetical, or here is the uh, antonym to that. He won't be like the sun going down. He won't be like us descending into darkness. He'll be like the sun coming up. More and more light until the meridian day star shines so we all see where we at, are at and all see where we're going. Godly men help you see more. Godly women help you see more of where you are and where you're going. Am I making some sense? Because we are children of the day. We are not children of the night. We are called to work while it is day. When the night comes, you cannot work. And night is a metaphor of spiritual darkness. See what I'm getting at? Leaders ought to be this way. And he shall be even as a morning without clouds. How beautiful is that? That's the promise of a new day, not distorted by any kind of breach between the sun and you. That's the, you know how sometimes, this morning I woke up, I knew it was going to be a hot day today, sis. That's 5.30 in the morning. I looked out, said, ain't no cloud in the sky. No way, no, it's going to be hot. It's a beautiful day. God is blessing us right now. He's causing all kind of things to grow. He's burning up all kind of stuff. Believers are to be like that. You're like to be the sun. You're, you're, you're supposed to be the warmth and the life and the guidance of men and women. When they come into your presence, you're supposed to gift them with revelation. Gift them with insight. Gift them with warmth. Gift them with promise. Gift them with growth. That's what the sun does. And that's how parents are supposed to be with children. Help them grow. Isn't that beautiful? As the springing out of the earth by the clear and shining after the rain. This is what leadership should be. It should be a group of collectives helping men and women live in the promise of blessing season after season after season after season. We don't have that in our world today because our government has abandoned God. Israel is being taught how to actually operate out of a theocratic system with a representative republic as the framework. Now, here's what I meant. We just looked at the uh, qualifications. Now, I want you to think briefly about the proposition that was given 
by Jethro, make sure that they're rulers of tens. Y'all got that? And rulers of hundreds. So when you are a ruler of 10, the relationship dynamics are proximal and relevant. And what that means is your rulers are not so far away from you that they don't know what's going on on the ground. When it's a ruler of 10, y'all live in the same place. Y'all engage in the same atmosphere, the same struggles. You have a very clear understanding of the dynamics of that realm that you're dealing with. Did that make some sense? When you are a ruler of 10, and again, this is why I say we're taking the Bible and mapping it into the 21st century. Back then, because they were a smaller group, you could do that because they lived in, in villages. They lived in tribes. If there were a small group of 10, you know your rulers. You know your rulers. Your rulers know you. They know you, y'all family. Do you know what that means? He can't or she can't easily rip you off. See how relationship matters? See how relationship matters? We all know each other. We got to struggle together. We got to work it out. We got to kill, you know, the enemy or the animals that are trying to destroy our village. And we got to have policies that work for both of us. See how powerful that is? They got to be close enough to us where we don't feel like the only thing that they're going to get, we're going to get from them is an automated email return. We heard what you said. We're taking it under serious consideration. <laughs> Jesse, stop. Jesse, you, because it's, all right, I'm going to give you the, I'm going to give you the antithesis of this and I'm quitting. I'm going to give you the antithesis of an, a policy of anti-relationship orientation. I'm going to let you know what we're getting ready to deal with. Can I do that? Everything automated. Nothing personal. Nothing relational. Nothing organic. Nothing human. Nothing about the profound, complex, beautiful significance of morals and ethics that constitutes the real Imago Dei in us and given circumstances which can only be executed by human beings. Scientists have already admitted artificial intelligence can never, ever truly be greater than human beings. Y'all keeping up with me? I'm almost done. Which means what our social engineers are doing is destroying relationships. And you and I are the victims of it. Many of us in this room are experiencing the de degradation of relationship. Sorry. And social media is making that happen. Can I talk to you? Right. And people are comfortable in their massive inordinate space and distancing between people because we live in the metaverse. We're in that space where we can have all kind of phony friends who are willing to lie to us and embrace our lies to them. This is what we're talking about in the marriage series. We'll press into that more fully, fully on Saturday. This is why human beings are not able to work out conflicts between one another because we're not in a matrix where it's absolutely necessary. We can walk away from each other today because we are grossly wealthy, but at the same time, grossly reprobate. Did that make some sense? Right. 
God set it up where we're supposed to be interdependent. Voluntarily needing each other. So the beast has entered into our lives at crucial levels of deep personal preoccupation. And we're not really sure that when he becomes more intrusive, that we won't already have been addicted to him to give him more authority. Right, one more thing, and that's this. The goal of the agenda of those who think that they know better for us than we do for ourselves is to dumb us down so that the automated world of artificial intelligence appears to be smarter than us. See, and, and so what God had said about you and me is that because we are organically made and we are spiritually oriented, we have to have a relationship with God for us to maintain wisdom and to grow in it. You and I don't grow in wisdom in a vacuum. You and I don't get smarter. We don't get brighter. We don't get wiser. We don't get more virtuous. We don't maintain our integrity. We don't transcend. We don't overcome. We don't abound. We don't take on the characteristics of Christ. We don't live in victory without fellowship with the true and the living God. It's really true. It's really true. I'll tell you, I go one day without fellowshipping with my God. I'm disintegrating. It's amazing how much foolishness I will tolerate when I don't spend time with God. Now imagine a whole nation engaging in the vanity and frivolity of this metaverse until one day we're told by these fools that are in Washington that the artificial intelligence systems have already been established. They will take care of everything for you. Don't worry. You'll get a, you'll get a text or a beep or something. They'll tell you what to do. Listen, you won't own nothing and you'll be just fine. And 75% of Americans are ready for it. They are because they're used to being governed as slaves by our system. Now, the, the inference of what I'm teaching you and I'm closing here is this. That the only way that we're going to see this turned around is for Christ to intervene in our world. For Christ to intervene in our world. Not just in our world, but in our hearts. He has to bring repentance He has to break our hearts. He has to show us our sin and our rebellion against him. And it has to start at the smallest levels. Do not be asking for a change up there. It's got to start down here and it's got to start in me and it's got to start in you. God has to liberate us. He has to liberate us so we are used to not depending upon Pharaoh. He's got to return us to a whole model of earthly practical wisdom. And we have to be happy about living off the system. Happy about it and eager to actually employ what is necessary to demonstrate that we can actually operate very fine, thank you, without all your policies from the ground up. Here's the thing you need to know. What I love about the Israel paradigm is they have been in Egypt for 430 years. Egypt was the most intelligent, academic, intellectual, uh, um, uh, political, as well as engineering society in the world at that time. Moses had all that learning. That's what the Bible said. All those Jews had learned all that stuff. 
They were deeply Egyptian. Didn't I tell you? So when they came out, they came out with great spoil. Isn't that what God said? They came out with money. They they said, God says, when you leave, I'm going to let every one of those Egyptians give you gold and silver and precious stones. They came out blinging. Did they come out blinging? But that wasn't for them to bling, even though they was blinging. That wasn't, that was for them to build a temple unto the true and the living God and give him glory for the riches that God is in bringing them out. And God promised them, I will sustain you. You will be the head. You will not be the tail. You will never know poverty. If you obey me and worship me, I am the true and the living God. We are out of time today. We'll close our program out here and pick up where we left off next time we're together here on Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand. Thank you for spending a few minutes with us today. We trust it was profitable in your walk and relationship with Christ. Our goal here at Way of Grace is to make sure that you are growing in Christ, that you are living a life worthy of the calling that has been placed on your life from the gospel. If you have questions, comments, prayer requests, as always, you're welcome to reach out to us here at Way of Grace. Our phone number is real easy. You can reach out to us at 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. You can also reach us at our website, grace-bible.com. And you can email us from that website as well as find out more about us, who we are, what we believe worship opportunities. In fact, our worship opportunities are really quite simple. Sundays at 1030, we meet here at the church in Hayward. We also have a Friday evening Bible study at 630 and then a Tuesday evening prayer and Bible study at 630 as well. For more information, again, grace-bible.com or call 510-886-9782. Reach out to us by mail if you want to write 22768 Main Street. That's 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California. The zip code is 94541. As always, it's a pleasure spending time with you here in God's Word, growing in His grace. Until next time, may Christ be your way of grace. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.